you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Locked On Dodgers is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, along with Vince Semperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends. Vince, how are you? Jeff, I'm doing great. I'm glad the Dodgers won and in the way they did because, I don't know, coming having to talk about them if they would have scored zero runs would have been uh, very annoying. Yeah, it would have. Uh, we definitely have some, some good things to talk about. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game, but it was a, a good, solid win and a lot of good to talk about. So uh, that's mostly what we're going to talk about. We'll also talk a little bit about uh, the Joe Kelly news, <laughs> kind of funny little tidbit about uh, Dave Roberts and his pregame press conference. Uh, but first, I want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. So I was... Uh, after right after tonight's game, I had to run and pick up my daughter and her friends from where they were. And uh, I was listening to the postgame show on Sirius XM on the way home. And uh, during a commercial, uh, there was a commercial for the NFL Network and the guy doing the voiceover. I loved his voice and I considered doing the whole episode in that uh, in that voice. So uh, it would have sounded something like, hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, do you think I should do that, Vince? I do not think you should channel your Randy man, Randy Macho Man Savage. Uh, that's not quite Macho Man. Dig it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely do Macho Man all night long. Um, but maybe we'll just do my regular voice. What do you think? Yeah, let's not lose any listeners over uh, over your fantasies. Please don't leave. <laughs> uh, Randy Macho Man Savage did play in the minor leagues, you know. Well, there you go. If he was a Dodger, he'd be a perfect... Yep, yep, but he never made the majors and wasn't a Dodger. Uh, One guy who is a Dodger is Joe Kelly. Uh, Two weeks ago, MLB handed down a suspension, and at the time we said, there's no way they're going to uphold that. They'll definitely get reduced. Well, that was reduced to five games, like we said it would be, uh, simply because there was no precedent for uh, suspending a guy for making a pouty face at a crybaby. And uh, turns out suspensions without precedents don't hold up. Yeah, and even though we had said that back then, after the, everything that happened with the A's and Astros and, you know, Lariano getting, what, six games after all and the possibility of him being able to appeal and get less, it feels still like a lot for Kelly. Uh, I I guess I think someone said that the hearing for it was like three and a half hours. But imagine they just kept going back to the fact that he's done this before, thrown at hitters and that he was near the head of a hitter, maybe two if they counted Correa. So, uh, I don't know. It it's the, Whenever the Dodgers activate him, they'll be down a guy for five days. But uh, I guess it's cool that MLB Players Union what came out and said that they were not a fan of the decision. So, you know, Kelly has everyone on his side still, so that's good. Yeah, and, you know, pitchers always get longer suspension than hitters just because hitters play every day. So Ramon Laureano is going to miss six games that he – 
was going to play in. Joe Kelly's going to miss like two games that he would have played in. So when you look at it that way, it's not that not that bad. Um, the the bigger deal is the Dodgers being down a man for those five games, but uh, that's why they put him on the IL, or at least part of the reason, so that they can pick and choose when those five games are, when there's an off day mixed in, so they can have a little bit more rested for, for the bullpen and all that. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's that news. Joe Kelly, by the time you're listening to this episode, he will be a guest on Ross Stripling's podcast, the Big Swing podcast. So uh, finish our episode, of course, uh, but then go check that out. I'm excited to listen to it. It's dropping in about an hour and a half as we're recording this. And uh, I assume that there's going to be some interesting stuff to say because the fact is Kelly has already been suspended for intentionally throwing at Alex Bregman, which means Joe Kelly can say, yes, I intentionally threw at Alex Bregman and there's nothing MLB can do because he's already been suspended for that. And so, uh, and they, they were going to do the episode last week, but then when uh, the, his hearing got delayed, they pushed back the episode. So I assume there were things that Joe Kelly is going to say on this episode that he just didn't want to affect his appeal. Yeah, and he's been on podcasts before and been pretty off the cuff. So I would imagine there will be some fun stuff in there. Yeah, so check that out. But obviously finish this episode first. Uh, one other kind of interesting note from what day are we? It's Wednesday, right? Yeah, Wednesday night as we were recording this. Wednesday before the game, uh, Dave Roberts had his pregame press conference, and he was in a salty mood. And I didn't see the whole thing. I just saw clips. So I don't know what put him in the mood, but he – uh, I mean, he basically stopped just short of saying that's a clown question, bro, to a couple people. And uh, Bill Plunkett said, you're kind of salty, Dave. And uh, and Robert said, I want good questions, Bill, <laughs> or something like that. Uh, do, do you know more? Do you know what caused the saltiness or what sp- sparked it? I didn't watch the full press conference. And from the clip that, you know, I the clip where everyone saw came from, I think, Blake Harris of True Blue LA. And I don't know if it's cut in order or if he cut certain parts of it. Alana asked the question about if Kershaw was fine with getting pushed a day back. Dave Roberts just answered, yep. And then he was going to say something else that was probably a little condescending in a, in a meaner tone. Then he just said, yep. Someone else asked him, Another question. This is why I think it was cut up because the question didn't make sense as it pertained to the previous question. And he answered basically a generic, whatever the MLB and MLBPA says is fine. And then that's when Plunkett brought up the fact that he was being salty Dave. And then Dave Roberts said, I like good questions. And then Bill Plunkett said, "Uh, maybe I should think of one. And then Dave Roberts sarcastically said, yep. So I don't know what it was. Uh, You know, I'm going to see if they... The Dodgers provide stuff, so maybe I can find it and see what exactly it was. But uh, it was pretty funny and pretty out of character for Roberts, as we've seen so far. He's usually pretty good with the media. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of known that sometimes they may ask questions that aren't that great, but sometimes Roberts gives answers that aren't that great or insightful. So that's just the the carousel that happens in the media uh, in sports. Yeah, that was the interesting part because Roberts is kind of famous for he's like the Derek Jeter of managers of never giving an interesting answer. Uh, not not in a bad way. Just I mean, part of who Roberts is as a manager is he is not going to throw anybody under the bus. And, you know, people often want him to to be critical of his team or, you know, y- yesterday I had somebody I was going back and forth. The guy was mad that 
that Roberts is noncommittal about May staying in the rotation. And I asked him, I said, who does that benefit for Roberts to publicly announce that right now? Does it benefit Ross Stripling? Does it benefit Alex Wood? Does it benefit, you know, who does it benefit? You know, I, I said, I'm positive that Dustin May knows that Dave Roberts knows that Dustin May is good at pitching. You know, like, why do we need him to say these things in the public? But yeah, so it's just kind of funny that uh, for a guy who is famous for non-answers, uh, you'd think he would enjoy the bad questions because it makes his job easier. You know, no no insightful questions means he's not pressured to give any tough answers. Yeah, and like I said before, there's a lot of questions that, you know, we as fans want to be asked to Dave. And as being on the other side of it, those questions don't get answered fully truthfully and you're not going to get anything out of it so that's why sometimes they don't get asked uh all right so we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the actual game from wednesday Uh, a lot of good stuff we're going to talk about the bullpen we're going to talk about uh the bunting the small ball that had people so excited Uh, i'm going to talk about will smith's little injury uh talk about tony gonson probably talk about a few other things so uh first though we want to talk about rock auto because rock auto is an awesome way to get your auto parts that you need go to rockauto.com you don't have to drive down to an auto parts store where they order something for you and then you go pick it up you just go onto your computer or your phone you can get websites on either one these days and rockauto.com is a website and you just punch in uh your your make and model of your car and it'll give you a whole list of all the parts available and you say oh that's what i need click buy and guess what you will get the good price the price that the auto parts stores charge their mechanics instead of the bad price that they charge regular joes like you and me not just you me too i'm a regular joe but rockauto.com None of us are regular Joes to them. We are all special people who get the best pricing. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business. They've been doing this, serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Uh, They have pretty much everything your car could need, uh, whether you have a classic car or you uh, you have a beat-up Toyota Camry from 1985. That's what I used to drive, uh, named after Jim Vukovic, who's not even a player. Let's see. They'll deliver the parts to you. They get good prices. Did I cover everything? Yeah, rockauto.com. So if you need auto parts, rockauto.com is the place to go. And they'll have a little field that says, how did you hear about us? Right, locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Let's also talk a little bit about CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, or you spend eight hours a day in an uncomfortable office chair, Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. And keep it locked on, Dodgers. All right, Vince, it is time for our obscure former Dodger. Uh, and I was looking back and I was looking through Kenley Jansen's career uh, in Wednesday night's game. Uh, Scott Alexander didn't have it. He gave up two in- infield singles with a walk in between them to load the bases with nobody out. 
and then his night was done, and they brought in Kenley Jansen uh, with base load, nobody out to get out of the inning. Luckily, there was a six-run lead, and so my my hope coming in was that Kenley would just kind of focus on the hitters, and even if all three of those guys score, you know, get a couple sack flies and a, a ground out, whatever. Um, even if all three of those guys score, it doesn't really matter. Uh, my main goal was to not get back to the Tatis part of the lineup. Um, but Kenley did one better. He got two strikeouts and a weak grind, ground out to end the inning. Nobody scored. And I looked, and that is only the second time in Kenley Jansen's career that he has come into a game with bases loaded and nobody out. The other time was June 23, 2015, uh, in a game against the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, it was nothing-nothing after nine innings. And uh, in the bottom of the 10th inning, Joel Peralta started the inning for the Dodgers. He's not our obscure former Dodger. But he gave up two singles and a walk. And then Kenley came in, and Kenley got a uh, grounder to first base to get a force out at home uh, for the first out, but then a sack fly to center field to score Matt Caesar. But that rally for the Cubs was started by a guy who had been on the Dodgers the previous year, and his name is Mike Baxter. Do you remember much about Mike Baxter, Vince? I remember he was on the Dodgers. Yep, and it wasn't for very long. Mike Baxter played in uh, four games, had a total of eight plate appearances for the Dodgers. Uh, he went 0 for 7 with a walk and two strikeouts. That's a 125 OPS. That is not good. Um, but then that, that was his whole time. He spent the rest of that season in the minors. Uh, the Dodgers had gotten him off waivers from the Mets after the 2013 season, and then they released him uh, after 2014, and then he went to the Cubs um, not much really notable about Mike Baxter. Uh, he had played for the, the Padres and then the Mets and then the Dodgers and the Cubs. Uh, most notable thing for me about Mike Baxter is I had a roommate in college named Mike Baxter and, uh, we called him M Bax because we were super creative with nicknames. And, uh, that's about all I have to say about Mike Baxter. You have anything? You are not like the nicknames you like that are on baseball reference from back in the old days. You guys are like the non-good ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't like that guy much, so maybe that's why he didn't get a good nickname. Got it. We had other good nicknames. So uh, Just take Dave one... Roberts' approach and add a Y, so it could have been Baxi. Yeah, we had run, one roommate who we called Hodo, not like the Spanish uh, <laughs> version that's not a nice word, but W-H-O-T-O stood for Wild Horse of the Osage. Uh, which was a nickname for an old baseball player. So, uh, you know, we had some decent nicknames. Uh, but anyway, Mike Baxter is our obscure former Dodger. And now let's talk about some current Dodgers. Uh, I guess let's start with the starting pitcher, Tony Gonsolin. Um, Gonsolin went four and two-thirds, struck out s- seven or eight, I think. Eight. Eight. Um, looked really, really good. Unfortunately, gave up a couple base runners in the, the top of the fifth. Couldn't get through that fifth inning. Uh, so he wasn't eligible for the win, um, but he he looked really good. Maybe not quite as efficient with his pitches as he could have been, but uh, all things considered, he's now pitched two two games and hasn't allowed a run yet. And so not much to complain about about Tony Smokes, huh? Yeah, not a lot to complain about. And his stuff was looking real nice early on. Uh, he had pretty much all his pitches working. He touched 97 at one point, so that was good to see. And he looked comfortable out there. A little bit of a running theme with. Dodgers pitchers kind of losing it a little bit in the fifth, sixth inning uh, as the further or the more they get stretched out. 
but all around good effort gave the Dodgers a decent amount of length for a guy coming up on a spot start with well at least oh, we had one day notice he might have had a couple days notice but good to see from from Tony Gonsolin and you know if the Dodgers continue with this six man rotation it'd be cool to see him again yeah I assume he did have more notice than we did because uh you know we uh, Dave Roberts had said at the beginning of the series that Will Smith would play three of the four games. Uh, that's going to turn out not to be true for reasons we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, but um, when Austin Barnes started the second game of the series with Clayton Kershaw scheduled to pitch the fourth game of the series, I thought that was interesting that they were going to have Smith catch Kershaw because Barnes usually catches Kershaw. Uh, but I, as our buddy Brandon Johnson pointed out to me on Twitter, uh, maybe the reason they had Barnes start the second game is because they already knew that Kershaw wasn't going to be pitching in this series, so they didn't need to save that one Barnes game for Kershaw. So I, I, I think the Dodgers have probably known for a few days that this was the plan, and it was just one of those things that we didn't find out till later. Yeah, and speaking of Austin Barnes, he is on a bit of a hot streak, I guess, as far as much as he could be as Austin Barnes right now. He ended up playing last night because Will Smith came out of the game with a sore neck. And then we found out after the game that it's still uh, coming from the time he got ran over in San Diego. So hopefully he gets better. I think he said he tweaked it when he went out to get to pick up a button and throw somebody out at first. But yeah, Austin Barnes is looking a little bit more capable at the plate. You know, he had a double the other night, had another hit. Uh, had an infield single and started a rally tonight or last night. So Austin Barnes, hopefully he's going to get it going a little bit. Yeah, that would be awesome. He played a big part in uh, the the fifth inning when the Dodgers scored two runs. Uh, just kind of run through that inning because it was pretty exciting for a lot of people on Twitter. Uh, you know, I, I saw the phrase small ball on Twitter more than I've seen in a while. Uh, and, and it was small ball. Uh, AJ Pollock walked and then Chris Taylor bunted for a single. Uh, you and I both kind of thought it was a called play because Pollock was going on the pitch. So it seemed like a, a bunt and run kind of situation. Um, but, uh, apparently Chris Taylor bunted on, on his own and he did, you know, Taylor knew that Pollock had the steal sign. And so maybe he saw that as an opportunity to bunt. Uh, but yeah, he laid down a perfect bunt, got it past the pitcher and Machado was way too deep to make a play on it. Uh, so that first and second, nobody out. And then uh, Edwin Rios hit a line drive up the middle that deflected into right field uh, to score Pollock and move Taylor to third. And then, uh, and then Barnes came up and laid down a perfect safety squeeze bunt, but it to the first baseman. So Taylor scored easily. That was the second run of the inning. And uh, yeah, I mean, at that point it made it two nothing. And that was a, a big deal. That's, Barnes's second sacrifice bunt of the year, and uh, we're not going to see a lot of sack bunts. But uh, and I'm not a favor in favor of sack bunts in general. But I love squeeze bunts. I will always trade it an out for a run. Uh, I don't like trading out for a base very often, but I love trading an out for a run. Yeah, and with Austin Barnes, even if he's been putting better contact on the ball lately, that's kind of the the right move right there. Anytime Austin Barnes comes up, the runner on third and less than two outs. Squeeze. Yeah, squeeze it. And, and We know he can bunt. Yeah. He's shown he can bunt. So. Exactly. So that was a good call on the Taylor thing. You know, the Dodgers had got 
runners on in two of the previous innings before that and ended up getting double plays. So maybe that was part of why Pollock was in motion. You know, Taylor saw Taylor squared up to bunt early and it ended up being a perfect pitch to bunt on. It broke right into the bat. And um, I don't know. I guess Machado didn't have a play at first. I thought he would have had a play at first, but I guess not end up working out for the Dodgers. And yeah, when Rios came up, came up clutch and it was good to see some offense, you know, before the seventh inning, although I would have liked to see more. And then they ended up putting it up back on in the seventh inning and putting uh, some insurance up there that made it very comfortable for the last couple innings. Yeah, and that, that was really nice. We saw a nice double from, uh, well, yeah, I mean, like you said, Barnes started that with an infield single in the seventh. And then Mookie, uh, what did Mookie do? Did he walk? I want to, I don't even remember. I can't remember now. I feel like Mookie walked, but I, I can't remember for sure. Oh, no, he hit that infield single. Oh, That's yeah. right. Yeah, he, he had a little squibber infield single right off the bat. I knew he was that was a hit. You know, that's that's one of the great things about speed. Uh, and then Bellinger came up and poked a, a line drive down the left field line. Uh, it looked unfortunate at the time that it, it just barely bounced into the stands or else Mookie would have scored on it. Uh, we thought we had gotten robbed of a run. Uh, but then e- e- even so with Justin Turner coming up with second and third and n- nobody out, right? I think there were no outs. Um, I know there was less than two outs. And so I'm like, okay, well, Mookie's going to score anyway. You know, JT's going to find a way to get Mookie in. And he did the same way JT found a way to get the run in in game uh, two of the NLCS in 2017. Uh, JT found a way to get the run in by hitting a three run homer over the center field wall. And uh, that's my favorite way that JT gets run uh, run in. Yeah, that's obviously the ideal way. And you were kind of waiting for the home run. The Dodgers did score with the small ball, as we talked about. But uh, either when Rios came up, I thought he might hit the three-run home run after they got on base the, the other way. But it didn't work out that way. But then Turner ended up coming through later on and just shows – you know what the Dodgers offense can do when they uh, you know put their mind to it I guess so it's good to see and hopefully they can continue that like I said good for Bellinger good for Turner Max Muncy's still struggling a little bit but you know maybe he'll get a, a day off or something or figure it out and you know Mookie's been pretty solid at the top you know I, I think I'm we're getting close to Mookie having to be the leadoff guy no matter what since they've kind of gone away from the alternate lineups anyways yeah um yeah, I'm in favor of Mookie being the leadoff hitter. Yeah, I, I'm on record as saying I don't think it matters that much. Uh, but the fact is, Jock isn't hitting right now. And and so I don't see the point of having him hitting leadoff. And so, yeah, I think they ought to just go to Mookie. Uh, you know, I one, one other bit of news that kind of ties into this, Corey Seager took batting practice, uh, participated in full drills. And so hopefully he'll be back soon. And like I've said before, I think on this show, I know I've said other places, but uh, I want... Mookie leading off, then Seager, then JT, then Belly. I want that the the top four every game. That that's kind of what what I want to see every game. Um, it, it still gives you the right left right left um, that that Roberts likes, and I think there's some benefit to that, especially with the three batter minimum. Um, but I I think that is the best lineup at the at the top of the lineup, and hopefully, like you said, hopefully Bellinger. Uh, you know, it, it's just one hit, but. Uh, getting the ball in the air uh even my son my 13 year old son after belly hit that he said that's a pitch that you see belly roll over on and ground out to second sometimes 
And, uh, you know, and that's true. When Belly's not right, that's what he's been doing. He's been pulling those outside pitches on the ground. And obviously, an opposite field line drive is much better. They're not always going to fall, but they have a better chance than a, a grounder to second. Uh, with Muncie, you know, we, we've seen this before. Like, I don't know if you remember last year for the first uh, about month of the season, it was from, you know, the opening day to, to through April 26th. Muncie against right-handers batted 186 with a 27.8% strikeout rate. Like, he was he really, really struggling. And, and that's kind of what we're seeing this year. You know, they faced a lot of righties. And Muncie, I don't know if it's just a righty thing, but, uh, you know, I, I saw it several times last year where it's like, wow, it's weird how much Max Muncie, a left-handed hitter, struggles against righties. And we're seeing it right now. And the good news is he broke out of it last year. And hopefully there's time for him to break out of it this year. Yeah, that's the ideal plan. I'm not really worried about him in the long term, but I would like to, to get it figured out in the short term. Uh, let's end, I guess, the last thing we have to talk about is the bullpen. And, man, they've. I think we haven't talked about them as much as we probably should just based on the fact that they're kind of the smoothest running part of this machine right now. Blake Training came in and finished up Tony Gonsolin's inning, and then he pitched into the next inning. Uh, Bruce Dark Ratterall looked really good in his inning. He had a little bit of different look, uh, I guess a mean look, some would say, that out there, and he absolutely made Manny Machado look foolish on three pitches, going 99-101 and then a 91 slider that broke, looked like it broke two feet, but, uh, and then as we said, we talked about you, well, you talked about Jansen coming in, base loaded, nobody out, and, and finishing that inning with no runs. Scott Alexander struggled a little bit, but I think Scott Alexander is becoming a pressure pitcher now where he can't pitch in these low leverage situations anymore. So, uh, I mean, Jeff, the bullpen has just been really, really, really good. And I, I put out a tweet that said, you know, Jansen touched 94, and he's the soft tosser of this entire bullpen unless when Caleric is down. I mean, everyone else – Hits 95, 96 easy and ramping it up all the way to 101 with Gratterall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Alexander was just one of those off nights. He had the walk, but then two infield singles, you know, nothing was hit hard. He just didn't have the command, wasn't quite fine in his spots. Um, but, I mean, that second infield single very easily could have been a double play. It just didn't quite work out. Um, but, yeah, Gratterall was really impressive. Pedro Baez had pitched the previous inning, and then he started that inning, and he walked Jerks and Profar, which is, you know, walking Jerks and Profar. <laughs> the number nine hitter with Fernando Tatis on deck. And just like, oh, man, at this point, it was only two to nothing. And you're like, you're walking the guy to get to Tatis. And they brought in Gratterall. And I was a little bit nervous just because Gratterall, we know he has great stuff, but he he doesn't always have the best command of it. He he He's shown some some sparks of great command, but not always. And so, you know, I even said to my wife when he came out, I'm like, oh, I'm nervous because – if you miss your spots with Tatis, this, the velocity isn't going to get him. Um, if you miss your spot, he can punish a ball. Uh, but Gratterall didn't miss a spot. He he got a little weak comebacker and got the double play from Tatis, which was huge. And then he gave up a single. We're going to see those. We've already seen a few of them off Gratterall, just where the guy just like throws his bat out there and and you know the ball, the pitch is coming so fast, you get the bat on the ball. We're so annoying. Yeah, and so it was a little bloop single to left, and then it's Machado up, and it's like, crap, Machado's another guy who can punish a mistake, and boy, Gratterall did not throw a mistake to him. He he pounded in a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, and then 100 miles an hour on the paint, and then, like you said, that 91-mile-an-hour slider that 
out of his hand looked exactly like the 100 mile an hour fastball in the paint and it's 0-2 you know Manny has to protect but when your slider's 91 and your fastball's 101 there's no time to distinguish between a fastball and a slider and he just had no chance and uh it, it's a little bit sad how foolish Manny Machado has been made to look by Dodgers pitchers in the last week and obviously Machado's had some big hits too um but he's had some big strikeouts and uh you know we haven't seen him looking this bad since, unfortunately, Game 5 of the 2018 World Series to end that, that series uh, for the Dodgers. But, yeah, the bullpen, everybody looked good. Trinan looked good. Uh, even, you know, Alexander's ERA is still zero because of Kenley Jansen. I think they have four or five guys in, the, in their bullpen who have ERAs of zero in, you know, significant amounts of innings pitched. So uh, it's, it's weird to have a bullpen that we can rely on. Yeah, but it, it sure does feel good. Yeah, and just remember this, all you listeners out there, they will come a time where they struggle and maybe blow a game or two, but just remember at the core, this bullpen is very good and something a lot different than we've seen in recent years where, like I said, Jansen and Baez used to be the flamethrowers of the bullpen, and now they're the soft tossers. And, uh, yeah, and, and Kenley's stuff look good. So it, it's, uh, yeah, there will be bad games, Hopefully they can limit those, and hopefully come October, if we have an October, the bullpen can step up uh, when that happens. Uh, but, yeah, things are good. Uh, 6 nothing, solid win. Everything was good. Feels good um, with those few minor concerns, and hopefully uh, the Dodgers can get a win today to split the series and go in on a high note to Anaheim and, uh, you know, hopefully punish some Angels pitching. You know, the, obviously the Angels can hit. Mike Trout is super hot right now, but hopefully – the Dodgers can at least put a beating on uh, what the Angels refer to as their starting rotation. Yeah, the split would be a blessing after the first two games of the series and kind of getting everyone's uh, hopes down for a little bit. Yep, absolutely. All right, you have anything else before we wrap up, Vince? No, I do not have anything else today. Good, uh, we're a little bit longer. Let's see what happens. Dodgers lose two and win a game, and now we're going 30 minutes. So. Yep. Hey, that's all right. It's always fun to talk about a win. So. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Please subscribe to Locked On Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you have Apple Podcasts, even if you don't use it, go ahead and subscribe there. It helps other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog. DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Our phone number is 323-863-LOCK-5625. You can shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail there anytime you want. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcasts Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all heart, all heart and all thumbs. They're my Los Angeles. Your Los Angeles. Our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?